Hello and welcome to episode 111 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, pretty good. Good, good. We are back again, back for another cinema release. Uh, they keep on coming. Loving um, these goddamn cinema movies, man. Yeah, they, they're going to keep us well, busy some for of a while. Them. Yeah, we shall see. Um, so yeah, this is going to be interesting, the, the kind of the structure of this and the next episode, because they're two movies that we did see back to back. Um, if you could sort of follow us on Twitter, you would have already seen it. Um, of course, at SHB Pod. Um, but of course, this week we had originally planned to see The Nun anyway uh, on the first week, which we have done. Um, but as we discussed sort of last week where we were like, oh, yeah, we wanted to check out both Slender Man and Searching, but there's just not enough time. Um, so we hate ourselves. So yeah. It's a double billet. <laughs> exactly. And we we were there and I'm pretty sure we worked out that it was the, the last like the the last, last, last showing of Slender Man. Yeah. Um, to like to the screen and to the day um and, and it happened to be around about sort of 20 minutes after the nun finished so we were like screw it we're gluttons for punishment let's go check out the slender man as well um but yeah we'll get to that because that's the next episode um but for now we need to talk about the nun um before we get to that there is a couple of little news stories um this first one i'm really excited to mention because i have no idea if you've seen this um but this was going around on Twitter and, and getting a little bit of traction. And, and again, it's one of these ones where once I actually read the news story, I'm like, I don't know what the hell this is based upon. But it's a fun headline. Um, and the headline is Jordan Peele in talks to remake Candyman. <laughs> Had you seen any of this? No. Next. <laughs> what do you mean next? This sounds amazing. I can't. Um, I can't. I can't take shit like that. Man. <laughs> Just going to drop that bomb on you. Um <laughs> Yeah, like I said, when I read the story, it's basically talking about Candyman. I'm like, yep, I'm aware of Candyman as a film. Um, yeah. I'm also aware of who Jordan Peele is. Um, and yeah, it basically just says that he's in talks to produce a remake through his uh, production company, Monkey Monkey Paw Productions. Um, it's unclear if he's going to direct. Um, I would highly doubt he's going to direct a remake of Candyman. It is unclear if this is a movie. Exactly, or, or just this is a meme. Um but yeah, and like people are saying, we, we don't know who owns the rights to Candyman. People are guessing that Clive <laughs> Barker has the, got the rights reverted back to him. Um, yeah, this is not a fucking story, man. <laughs> I know. I just thought it was hilarious. Like, what it's, do you think? It's a slow news week, and Jordan Peele was eating some candy, and he was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, like everyone was reporting this as well. It was like a proper big deal, and I was just like, I don't Amazing. even know, like, what to class this as. Um, Amazing. But I'm I'm down for more Candyman. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, as we discovered, like, we both love Candyman. But... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now's the time. Bring it on. With the, with the Arrow re-release coming uh, next month. Um, yeah, let's make Candyman the next big thing, guys. Let's make him the new it. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel I feel like the guys at Arrow are just like, let's just whisper some news stories. <laughs> and like, know, right? Is, if Pupus <laughs> thinks of that, like, how yeah, do we get like, people to talk well about Well played, Candyman? guys. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming yeah. in the vast majority of those articles, the last line is like, oh, and by the way, the, the Arrow remaster. <laughs> the really Arrow re-release, yeah. Um, yeah, well played, Mike. Yeah. Well played. It's, it's, a, it's a funny one, but yeah. But <laughs> I'm hoping that there'll be at least something to go on in that future so we can actually talk about that, because I'm pretty sure we'd both be totally down for that. Like, oh, it'd be, it'd be incredible. Like, yeah. Like, these are two yeah, things that I really, wrong. really I just, like. I just, so. I just believe zero of the words you said, <laughs> but I think it'd be incredible. Um... <laughs> So yeah, moving on to something that is uh, actual reality. Um, this Rob Zombie's of... making Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, he is editing Free From Hell. Um, <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> he, he tweets pictures on his Instagram of him next to a computer screen, so that's all I can imagine yeah, what he's, he's doing. he's looking at porn. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh dear. I wasn't going to say it, but you said it anyway. Um, right, let's it's going to be one of those shows. Let's move on to the next one. Um, basically, the, so the movie Mandy that we talked about a few months ago and the, the crazy trailer came out. Um, we kind of didn't know an exact release date of this, and it still mm. seems kind of a bit all over the shop. But basically, so in America, I think they're getting a wide release this Friday. Um, so September 14th. Um, and it seems to be hitting on demand this weekend as well. Um, with then kind of a the DVD and Blu-rays hitting in time for the Halloween weekend at the end of October. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm surprised. This is, again, another one of those strange ones for me, where it just seems like it might for a UK release at least, just hit on demand one day and you can watch it. And that seems bizarre to me, especially with... So many of these films just seem to be happening like that right now. It's hard to get these, obviously, these... Because obviously the main, or not the main thing, but one of the main drives of this is it costs so much money to market and release a movie widespread. Mm. And that's such a huge part of the budget these days. And yeah, like it's easier to pick up a an already made film, you know, that the production costs are already sorted. You just have to like essentially buy the film and then through your distribution is where you're going to try and make the money. Um, but yeah, this is a surprise. I really thought this was going to get a theatrical release and be like fairly well known, like similar to like a hereditary type level. Um, whereas, like I said, really? it's got yeah, because it's got like Nicolas Cage starring in it. It was getting really good word of mouth. I think kind of wacky Nicolas Cage is in right now as well. Um, yeah, he's almost come full circle again, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he kind of has in my mind a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, but I'm, you know, we're, this is one I'm pretty sure we'll we'll cover at some point. Um, it, it seems very unlikely that we'll cover it in the next couple of weeks because it's pretty busy. Unless uh, if it gets a, I mean, release, who knows? We might do four in a week again. I was going to say, uh, we're just making up as we go along. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is one that we'll definitely talk about. So yeah, if you guys are really excited for this, definitely check your on-demand services this weekend. Um, another one as well, just briefly, but um, I, I put it out on the Twitter, but I, I don't think we ever talked about it sort of on the show. But this this movie that was, again, getting a little bit of traction called Slice. Um, mm. It was a movie that I saw a lot of people really wanted at Fright Fest this year and were actually disappointed it wasn't. And um, they thought it was going to be at their sort of Halloween event in October. Um where basically for people that don't know fright fest just put on like a one day event where i think they show maybe like three or four films or maybe less i can't remember um mm. and so people were thinking that maybe that would be there but yeah this is just the, the it just came out on demand um yeah, so again this, this movie is out now that you can check it out um did you watch the trailer for this one no it, I, I i read like the synopsis of it and it was one that i was like mm, i don't know man mm. like it seems a little bit odd, but yeah, it's very comedy focused. Um, mm. But it looks fun. It looks like a like a dumb movie that I would enjoy watching on like a Halloween binge or something. But again, I, I have no idea if it's something we'll eventually get to because it's just it's there's there's too much that looks interesting at this point. It has to look like incredible to really grab our attention. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't look incredible, but it looks fun. So yeah, if you're into that sort of like comedy horror styley, and it's got some cool well known actors in it as well. Um, so yeah, this just sort of randomly appeared online uh, so check it why out. the hell not um also just another brief update because again i think we talked about it a few weeks ago but the the purge the tv series um mm. just kind of again wasn't really well known or anything but it's available on amazon prime video for uk uh viewers um obviously i know i just went on amazon prime <laughs> to check out was it the jack uh ryan. jack ryan yeah. yeah and it was just like do you want to watch purge and i was yeah. like 
hell yeah, I want to watch The Purge. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Like, it's awesome that it's got some release. Um, yeah. I think it's, like, USA Network in America, so that's always the case when it is, like, a US channel. They can obviously sell it to, like, a UK on-demand service. Mm. Um, whereas, obviously, that's the problem with Castle Rock, is because it's a Hulu original, and Hulu is competing with Amazon and Netflix and all the other territories, it's highly unlikely they're going to give that to, like, say, a Netflix to stream just in the UK. Um, yeah. So they really need to sort that out, because, obviously, their, their big show, Hulu, is Handmaid's Tale, and, obviously, that was way bigger bigger than castle rock and, and channel 4 distribute that in the uk um <laughs> so you could definitely see a, a similar deal for castle rock along the line but... oh yeah there's been some quirky little kind of you know uk channels that have got some of these shows in the past yeah so it'd be interesting to see on that one be a definitely like just a, a sort of a heads up for uk people because i had no idea this was coming like you say until we sort of no. randomly saw it online no. um and yeah definitely excited to check this out well, obviously we're in the tv season now we're going to be talking mm. about that in the coming weeks obviously american horror story starts this week um actually excited for that because i've kind of stayed off the radar and kind of forgot about it and now that yeah. it's here i'm like oh yeah this is like the season i've been waiting for for a while so i'm, I'm pumped for that um obviously castle rock has just finished this week as well so we can kind of talk about that and our overall thoughts uh, in the next few weeks um so yeah definitely a lot of interesting tv coming back um but yeah you, you didn't mention walking dead bruh uh, yeah i purposely on? didn't mention that is that has that gonna... started then are you watching that or i have no idea man <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know if you watch no, it at this point it's it's starting again soon i think it's like beginning of october okay right so it hasn't actually come on yet no no yeah i'm interested to see what the reaction is and how they handle the whole rick thing as someone who who used to watch the show and kind of doesn't care about it anymore but i'm interested to see how they handle like because i mean how long is what season are they on at this point um it's season nine and that is crazy like there isn't a huge amount of shows that have hit that and especially when you've got a lead yeah. character for that amount of shows like even as someone who did like the walking dead a long ass time ago i hope he gets a cool send-off and i hope it's a cool yeah moment. i hope it's a cool tv moment cool. for like long-term yeah. fans as well they deserve it um i i, I fucking deserve it man I, <laughs> yeah you know or you deserve to just watch a terrible show every week i've, dug, I've dug deep <laughs> Um, yeah there's so many people i was just looking at the cast list there's so many people that got to that are like over 100 episodes yeah like, that's impressive you know for genre and television as well that really doesn't happen that often mm. um but yeah should we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about the nun Obviously, the latest entrant uh, entry, rather in in what is the Oneverse. Mm. Um, obviously, I guess when, when he when he first made the Conjuring. I mean, how many years ago is that? It wasn't even that old, is it? I, I want to say, is it four no. or five years ago? Yeah, I was going to say like maybe 2012, 2013. Yeah. Um, but in that short time, uh, 2013. Yeah, so five years ago, and what? This is the fifth movie already. Um, Hell yeah! Crazy to think about. I, I could just like I, I I can't imagine many people thought that was going to be the case after the Conjuring hit. Um, it really, at least to me, you know, sometimes you see these films and you're like, hell yeah, this is like the start of a franchise. Mm. <laughs> I really don't think many people saw that coming when they first saw The Conjuring. <laughs> no. Um, but here we are. Um, and it's interesting. Obviously, we've only covered one of the... No, wait, no, we've covered two, haven't we? We've covered obviously, The Conjuring 2 um, and Annabelle Creation. Um, yeah. Very much the highs and lows of the of the Oneverse. Um, very much so. And with this being obviously the spin-off of The Conjuring 2, which we're both huge fans of, this was very much an interesting one for both of us. Um, and especially seeing the trailer and being sort of pleasantly surprised a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I think, I think that was the turning point for me. Like, 
obviously been a spin-off of something you know of a movie we liked but i've been burnt badly with this franchise mm. and so kind of i and and when they kind of originally described the premise of this movie to me i was not that pumped for it but after seeing that first trailer i thought this this movie looks good man like yeah i was i was pretty excited for it, it had some good jumps in it and i thought you know th- this has a chance mm. So, yeah, do you want to give us a sort of brief synopsis of this one? I mean, I'm going to try. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's not the most story this heavy movie. <laughs> this movie's not overly plot heavy. No. Uh, you know, the main thing it tries to do is get our characters into um, the, 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 the nunnery, basically. Well, it's not really a nunnery. What is it, like a old cathedral basically yeah, it's, just, it's massive it's like this giant yeah castle. i mean it's it's hogwarts castle yeah it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a poorer cgi looking uh hogwarts castle yeah this giant castle basically we have um father burke and then sister irene sister irene is played by uh taser farmiga mm. um which is interesting in itself um yeah we'll definitely that, talk about that <laughs> that she's in this movie mm. um yeah and kind of father burke plays a priest that he, he's basically an inquisitor uh <laughs> for for the for the the um vagon um and has basically been hired to see what's going on in this um cathedral that that um a nun in the opening scene that was being kind of hunted by the nun mm. uh, was uh, committed suicide. Um, and so he's kind of been sent to investigate this. And then um, the Vatican has, has selected sister Irene to accompany him. Um, and at the beginning of the movie, it's very unclear as to why she was selected. Mm. She's a nun that hasn't um, given her vows yet. um and so kind of you know for her to be given this kind of what seems to be a high profile thing uh task is is you know hand selected by the vatican was was odd um and yeah they basically head to the cathedral to see um what what's going on they they uh, accompanied by a guy named frenchie who's basically a local uh producer that um delivers you know food to to the nunnery or um you know every so often and then other than that no one sees the nuns that are in the cathedral um and he himself doesn't actually see anyone mm. he just knows that he delivers food there and then the next time he delivers the food it, you know the, the the previous shipment's gone um and yeah the, the rest of the movie is really them in this giant cathedral trying to speak to the 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 nuns and kind of figure out what's going on and eventually you know well uh, throughout the whole movie basically that the presence of the nun is kind of felt and um her trying to escape really more than anything Mm. um and that's way more plot than this movie deserves yeah Um, like not not to not to like put on the movie or anything the movie's just not overly plot heavy really it's yeah, the main bulk a... of it is then in that, you know, cathedral. Yeah, it definitely takes a backseat early on. Where it's like once mm. they give you the initial setup, it's all about the the actual place and the time and just generating good scares. You know, that's what the yeah. movie's all about. Yeah, um, exactly. But did you, uh, I may have zoned out there briefly. Did you mention the fact that there Cheers, was like bro. a suicide that kicked off the, the whole thing? Yeah, man. Right, okay. <laughs> just making sure because I was like, yeah. that seems to be like the big sort of the, the big setup. It. Um yeah, I mean, Nailed I, it. I mean, should mind? I mention STEM? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reference already. Um, please don't bring up that movie again. 
Uh, I've already had to deal with so many people. Like, <laughs> I think I'm such in the minority. It's like everyone's against me. Uh, uh, don't worry, guys. We're going to re-review Upgrade <laughs> at the end of this show. It's uh, fine. Everyone it's loves fine. it so much. Um, so like good, man. Film. I like the film. I didn't hate it. Um, right. <laughs> no, we need to talk about a new film. Right. So, The Nun. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't even know where to start with this one. Like... There's so are you much... sure you don't want to re-talk about Upgrade? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would probably know what I was talking about more than this one, because, yeah, this is all over the place, and I don't even know how I feel about it. I think it, <laughs> it has some really interesting stuff going on, and there are some really cool scenes, like some really, really cool scenes. I think the direction, for the most part, is, like, really, really good, mm-hmm. and is definitely the best we've seen um, in the Conjuring universe that's not by James Wan. I think it's very yeah, in, much in a the step spin-offs. Up. 100%. I think it's a massive step up in terms of direction on the Annabelle movies by far. Um, and I think that my biggest takeaway, my biggest positive from watching The Nun is I'm really happy that they didn't just try and remake The Conjuring again. Um, that's pretty mm. much what I felt watching the Annabelle movies. And even in like, um, for example, I think the first half of Annabelle Creation is like fairly decent. It is still just a poor attempt at trying to remake a Conjuring film. Um, yeah. Like, we talked about it in that episode, but it follows that very strict, like, day and night cycle. Like, oh, you're going to get a bit of plot and character. Oh, the, yeah, Annabelle Creation was the worst example of that day-night yeah. um, cycle that I've seen in any... Outside of The Conjuring, just all of these ghost movies, it was so, like, ham-fisted and just felt like, yeah, just so out of place. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I feel like, like I said at the time, I thought they did have some cool moments of tension, but it was just, like I say, it was so obvious what they were trying to go for. So going into this movie, and I think mm. that was what drawn us in with the trailers, um, obviously completely vast setting, different characters and stuff like that. It <clears> felt <throat> very much like, okay, this is a Conjuring movie, but let's try something different. And that was how I felt like having watched it, where I was like, oh yeah, I actually respect that this is like, this is batshit crazy at times. Um, mm. It really goes there in a way that the Conjuring movies never do. Um, I, I talked about it i think ages ago as well like my biggest issue with a lot of these haunting movies was kind of how safe they feel um especially yeah. when we watched like insidious where it was like it never felt at any time like a ghost was ever going to do anything to actually hurt anyone it was always just like fuckery and then a jump scare and then eventually they would overcome it and no one really got hurt or injured or anything mm. and it never felt like there was actually a sinister <clears throat> presence it was more just like a yeah. joke presence at the end of the day whereas like this movie starts off really really brutal in a place that i wasn't expecting it to and the way they show it and continues that theme for that really like there are a lot of times where like, the presence does feel like it will just like f them up at any time and i really like that part of it um i mm. think that overall it definitely has its issues and it's a movie that i don't love because of those issues um as we sort of further unpack it obviously we've already touched upon it but like the plot is an issue in this um and i definitely think the characters are an issue as well which is a real shame um but definitely like the overall thoughts are like some really cool visuals in this and i'm glad that they just went for it like it was a fun time at the end of the day um and it didn't i didn't feel like it dragged at all either um but yeah there's definitely some things that i don't like as well which We'll definitely get into but what what was sort of your overall thoughts on the film yeah i mean i think that is literally my description of my feelings of the mm. film as well yeah uh you know the some of the set pieces in this were great um some really good scares use of the nun but also kind of you know other things that happen that i would like like you said you know i wasn't expecting it, it goes places um it, it's crazy 
but you know we we when we saw um the trailer for uh last key insidious last key mm. that trailer looked crazy yeah and we was like we're down for that we're down for just like this balls to the wall just really crazy visuals and scares and that movie did not give us that at all um this gives us that way more um ultimately it's downfall is the plot and kind of just you know as soon as we get introduced to the characters and they get plonked into this location it's never really kind of goes any further than that and ultimately it has a very cheap ending Hmm. um but you know as you said the ride was fun that you know it didn't drag and kind of um you know, it it had some real cool moments. It had a, it had a really cool soundtrack as well, where mm. it's just like this, uh, you know, this kind of just impending doom soundtrack throughout, where it was just kind of you just you just felt like the nun was in control and kind of just messing with them. But but like you said, in a way that is, there's going to be murders at some point, not just uh, you know they're going to get out of it. It kind of felt like they were screwed. Yeah, which you know I can appreciate that as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that obviously um, we we touched upon it there. Like Valak is kind of the the lead uh, demon presence in this movie, mm. and, and it's really interesting because obviously we we saw them take the form of the nun in the Conjuring two, and going into this movie, that is exactly what I was expecting. You know, with the posters, with the title, and everything like that. And I think we both said it was kind of it was interesting and surprising that Valak doesn't just take the form of the nun throughout the entire yeah. movie. There are like so much more to the point where I felt like it was she was slightly underutilized, and I couldn't yeah, no, find more of it. Agree. Um, because those scenes were really cool. Like, I wanted more of that foreboding, and I like the use of shadows, where, obviously, in, like, The Conjuring 2, with the painting and stuff, and that's obviously used here slightly, um, and kind of the way she kind of travels throughout corridors. Um, I also really liked their... Again, the story is really bad in this movie, but the only kind of thing that they throwed in was, like, the reasoning for Valak taking the form of the nun. Um, mm. I liked that. I thought that was cool. That was interesting. It actually made sense in the plot. Um, Definitely. Like, like, the way she kind of, like, stealthily gets in, you know, because it's this massive <clears throat> castle. And it seems early on that, like, I got the feeling that... So the nun that kind of commits suicide at the start of the movie, I felt like she was maybe, like, the last nun there. Yeah. But once you get there and the, and the movie unravels, and again, I, I can't remember if this is... um gets explained or if it's like because there's a lot of ghostly visions and stuff going on in this mm-hmm. movie so it's kind of hard by the end of it like what was real and what wasn't but like there's a shit ton of nuns in this movie isn't there yeah yeah um, which I thought it's was hard interesting. it's hard to go into without talking spoilers but we yeah we'll, we'll maybe come back to that but yeah i just thought that yeah. was interesting and then so obviously with the plot it's like the fact that she does take the form of a nun it's really hard to pick her out of a crowd of yeah they say that i wish i wish they would used that a little bit more almost. definitely um, yeah because they definitely there wasn't a situation like you say there are multiple nuns and it would have been cool if valak was just kind of you know she looks um you know kind of sister irene looks and valak's there then the next minute it's a normal nun and that mm. sort of thing that that didn't happen too much no yeah um, that's surprising that's like, like you such said, an, an easy setup for a good jump scare, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it does feel like, like you say, the non was underutilized. Some of the best scares in this movie are without the non. Mm. Um, and, and there were moments where I was like, oh, that, that would be cool. Because the non is terrifying. Yeah. Like, she, she is terrifying. And, like, pretty much just every time she pops up, she's an effective jump scare. Um, which Which gives this movie so much more uh opportunity than than annabelle because i just find the annabelle doll just like laughable Mm. uh and and so especially because like i guess we've seen like you know 
things like the Chucky doll and Puppet Master and that sort of thing, which the, with the dolls moving and they're not meant to be deeply scary. Mm. But then when you get when you're given a movie where the doll then doesn't move and is meant to be intimidating, I'm like, yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, like, we talked about it. There's so many shortcomings, isn't yeah. there, with what you can and can't do if it's just a static object. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, with this, the nun is just terrifying. So mm. they're, they're already on a winner there. But um, everything they did outside of the nun, like all of the kind of scares and that, I just felt hit really well. Um, yeah. It's just, I, I guess, like, in terms of um, this Conjuring universe, like, I'm definitely more okay with you know like you say you know if there was a sequel to the nun or something like that i'd be much more inclined to watch that than an annabelle movie ever again yeah definitely um and yeah definitely the guy that directed it kind of like you say it is the best directed movie outside of the 200 movies Mm. which is high praise Mm, definitely well kind of i mean annabelle sucks but in terms of actually being able to compare this to a conjuring movie directed by kind of you know one of the top guys around yeah, and I think what's so awesome about it, as I mentioned before, is because it doesn't try and just ape on the Conjuring. Mm. Um, mm. I think there is a couple of things that bothered me with the direction. The the main one being that I thought that there was way too many panning shots around characters. Um, it's it's mostly used to kind of reveal something. Mm. Um, and I really it started to make me a little bit dizzy and I felt like I was watching like a Michael Bay film at times where I was just like <laughs> why is this camera constantly on a dolly like it, that through I don't know if you noticed that when you was watching it but it was like yeah not, not massively scene. yeah it was that was just a small thing because I think everything else was like framed really beautifully I think that the the use of the location is really cool um mm. CGI is really interesting in this movie because it's it has way more than I was expecting yeah um, and it's mostly used good I think that the scares and kind of the forms that valak takes look really cool Um, yeah again it's hard without really spoiling it and i don't want to but there's like multiple visuals that aren't her as a nun um that look really really cool um i i mentioned it before i think the castle looks terrible um like the actual cgi big over the top shots of the castle which they keep using a lot as well especially it doesn't it just felt unnecessarily Mm. big um especially because you know i think this movie was all filmed on location in romania yeah um and i love the locations they use as well yeah and like when you actually get some of the outside shots um kind of when the nun's body was discovered in the Mm. start of the film and stuff it felt like a large church you know from, from that scale it just felt and that that felt fine yeah like um and and even kind of once we actually get into the movie it's like there is no need for it to be that big Mm. it's not like there's a giant kind of chase scene or anything crazy like that it could have been scaled down and just looked much more kind of realistic because yeah a couple of those cg panning shots of the castle were just kind of weird yeah, I, th- I just thought there was too many, and when it sh- got shown, it never looked good. Mm. <laughs> and like, like I said, the actual on-set locations, like especially the interior of the castle and stuff, was so cool. Like, mm. I love the way it was lit. I love like the gothic nature to it. Um, I will say as well, like this movie is obviously w- with the setting and everything, it's super kind of focused on that exorcist style. Um, yeah, lots of like Christianity, lots of crosses and all that stuff, and obviously. I've spoke about it before on the show, but that's just not something that I'm into. Um, and again, I've, I've said before that I would like more possession movies to kind of stray away from that and mm. not be so focused on on sort of Christian beliefs. Um, I'm not going to remotely hold that against this movie because that is what this movie is. Like, you can't yeah. go in thinking, oh, yeah, I really want a movie about a nun and it not be to do with, like, Christianity. Like, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, but that's kind of, like, my own aside for other possession I think, movies. Um 
the, I think the interesting thing about this is this cathedral was kind of built to suppress evil mm. so it's got this kind of like um everywhere outside yeah it's well. got this religious feel but it's also very dark you know mm. so, so many of the crosses look twisted and and messed up and um one of the uh, you know kind of you know mild spoilers but one of one of the one of the really good um like moments for me in the film was kind of um when sister Irene was in bed and you knew the nun's presence was there and there was mm. a kind of a cross above her bed yeah. and it just swiveled to the upside down cross. And it was just kind of that moment that you just was like, yeah, shit, the nun's there. It's all going to kick off. Um, yeah. was really good and kind of just, uh, you know, less subtle things than that. Just, just the, um, the overall look of the cathedral. It was, it was done really well that one minute it felt like very safe, like you associate with most movies a church and you know that sort of place to be but then suddenly there's a quick kind of change in lighting and and change in kind of the camera direction and the you know the place looks terrifying um so i thought that was done really well as well definitely um definitely want to touch upon characters because that was definitely something that was definitely disappointing about this movie. Um, obviously, we uh, we pretty much kind of have three lead characters, don't we? Um, once it kind I of guess, gets yeah. into the main thing, and obviously the the lead being Taisa Famiga, um, joining mm. the cast. Um, obviously, real life sister of Vera, and that was like a really interesting casting choice at the time. Yeah. Um, it was it was cool because this is obviously set in a completely different time period, so you, we obviously couldn't have the Warrens as they are today. No. Um, but it felt like kind of the DNA of the Warrens almost you know having like a real life sibling involved it was it's odd yeah, yeah it, especially because it already starts to make you think what are they going to do with the story is yeah this gonna, is there going to be a twist is she going to end up as a warren is she going to take the form of someone else like it, it felt like it was there for a reason you know it didn't just yeah. feel like she's just cast to play a brand new character and that's that um and i well. guess i guess <laughs> i guess kind of this is spoiler territory now slightly um but well, i guess it is I, I guess but um so if you don't want to know anything skip forward a little bit but she she has no connection to anyone whatsoever um she is just a brand new character yes yeah, almost no connection that. to this movie yeah apart from being um, in it so like that that in itself is weird um her casting then to take away from all that and then just go back to her as an actress i think i find interesting as well because like i say she's playing a young nun obviously um mm. who hasn't taken her vows and stuff but it, it still felt a little bit off um she's 24 in real life now but she's only just turned 24 so she'd have been 23 when she was filming um mm. she still to me anyway looks a lot younger than that oh she um, looks super young yeah so so her playing this kind of young nun anyway felt a little bit weird like oh you, you she almost looked too young to have made a life-changing decision like that anyway (laughs) Um, yeah then when you add to that when she first goes to romania the initial banter between her and frenchie um where he's like really chatting her up yeah um, it was odd i just want to look up his age now okay there's (laughs) no way he's 26 (laughs) he looks a lot older than that i thought um he looks late 20s, early 30s in my mind. Um, but something yeah. about that anyway, regardless of their real life ages, because we're talking about the characters, it looked, I don't know about you, but it looked off to me on screen. Yeah. Um, oh, I, yeah. He looked closer to 30 and she looked closer to like... 20. Yeah. Like yeah. even 18. Like, yeah. yeah. So that, it's... I don't know, to, to me that felt just a little bit off and put me in a little bit of like, oh, I don't really know what they're going for here with their, with their back and forth. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't find, um 
Taser or you know Sister Irene in general a great character in this movie. No, her performance didn't stick out. Um, no, I don't. I don't necessarily hold it against her, but I didn't really find her a strong lead in this movie. Mm. Um, she's very passive, and and you know it, it is partly the role, you know, because yeah. You know, she she's this kind of, you know, she's not a nun yet. She doesn't feel like she's fully on board with that. But she's also not like a rebel in any way or anything mm. like that. She is just a very bland character. Yeah. Um, and to have that as your lead, um, you know, I kind of mentioned it in my synopsis as a joke. But kind of Father Burke does play more of a... Um, uh, you know, I use the term inquisitor from from uh, our buddy kind of Tarn's book that I recently read. But like, he, he basically is that character, um, mm. at least in my mind. Um, you know, and and he was not explored at all. And he he's more interesting because he does seem more rough around the edges. Um, he isn't a bog standard looking priest, and he kind of does say and do things that are unpriest like but then then kind of ultimately for majority of the movie is just this straight cut priest guy mm. so so he you know it, he almost had the opportunity to be cool but then doesn't doesn't really have anything to happen with him either yeah um, because because the opening scenes of this movie once we get past the initial suicide we go straight to the wagon and kind of him being recruited and um you know, then him going to England to, to get um, Taser, mm. um, Sister Irene. Um, and all of that felt super important. Um, whereas actually they could have literally had Frenchie discover the body, credits roll, and then they knock on Frenchie's door and was like, yeah, we've been sent to explore this. Mm. Like the, the, the 10 minutes setting up those characters is completely pointless. Yeah, because they're not explored any further, so I don't really see the point at all. Yeah, definitely, and, and like we mentioned before, obviously the, this the plot just seems so thrown together. Um, like we we kind of discussed it off air and kind of came up with some answers at least, but I felt super confused <laughs> having watched it because the, there's there's next to no plot, and and that kind of it definitely throws me as someone who likes to get attached to a plot and really intrigue and mystery draws me in, and mm. with the fact that the only thing that I could grab onto is this crazy incident happens and then this random person from a different country gets selected to help and she even says in the movie you know well why am i being selected and and mm. it's father burke isn't it basically says yeah um, you have ties or whatever your family has yeah the vatican tells him that she's been selected because of her experience being in romania yeah, and then she's yeah. like, oh, you must be mistaken. Like, I, I don't have family in Romania, blah, blah, blah. And then they kind of just gloss over it. And he's like, oh, well, come along with me anyway. And she's like, okay. Yeah. And then so yeah, I was like, like, okay. Hey, that was, cool. I was like, that was a poorly written kind of uh, back and forth anyway. But I see that they're at least setting up a third act reveal. Mm. Um, and to my mind, that third act reveal never came. Um, and I still... Yeah, I feel having... like I've, if, if it was, we both missed it. Yeah, and I still feel like, why was she selected? Like, and again, there's a couple of things that they they draw in that kind of tie in with the finale, and obviously how they how they fight a monster like Valak um, or a demon. Um, mm. But it still it still to me felt really like, why on earth was she selected? It, it it felt like they didn't have a reason for it, so they just left it open in the film anyway, and they just drew attention to it for me where i was like yeah why is she being selected and then they never answered that question um so maybe other people know why she was selected um we you you sort of brought up some thoughts which again is getting a little bit spoilery um yeah 
we do have a question kind of somewhat related to that as well um because because basically this is a very mild spoiler but she well shall we go shall we go into a just our recommendations and then we'll go into spoilers a bit and bring I the question so, in there the, 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 I, I don't really have much to say regarding spoilers but i definitely no no mean, but I guess just is worth bringing up. yeah um so yeah i, I think re- recommendations go um if you're into this sort of thing if you're into haunting movies definitely check it out i think it's it's one of the better ones and i think that it has some really cool visuals uh going on and it's definitely one that would would look better on the big screen um rather than at home um, but just know that like you're not really going to get a plot or characters or anything like that. It's more just like, are, are you in for the fun ride? And you're going to have a, a, you should have a fun ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, after the initial kind of boring scenes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'd recommend. it. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm. I think you know th- this is one where you, if you, you know, the the Conjuring is almost one that can be, or the, especially the Conjuring two, mm. they're, they're just a universally great movie outside of the the subgenres within horror. Yeah. But for this one, if if you're into these sorts of movies, this is definitely one of the better ones that I've seen. Yeah. Um, and it rivals, you know, the two main movies, which is, you know, impressive. Yeah. Or at least, or at least can be set aside them and not look embarrassing. Yeah. Um, for unlike sure. the other ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and definitely, you know, the big screen, you're getting the you're getting the loud music, you're getting. We did speak about it though that the audience we saw it with, you know, mm. it didn't seem like it was really jump, you know, getting big reactions from the jump scares people weren't kind of you know shrieking out loud there wasn't like loud hushes and and that sort of thing within the the audience so yeah that's um, an interesting thing to note because we we don't really talk about that on the show mm. obviously is it or isn't it scary because we've we've said it multiple times but it's just not really something we find relevant uh, to whether or not we enjoy a horror movie or not but no i think for, the relevancy for this subgenre yeah, definitely goes up like 100 percent. so that, that, that is that is a, a a point worth noting and and definitely i've had moments in the conjuring 2 where i've, I've felt the hands sweat and really felt that tension oh and, yeah and like i said we both said that i remember the first time i saw that nun trailer like that proper got me like that jump yeah. scare in the trailer and and yeah like we've talked about it there's some cool scary scenes but i didn't find any of the jump scares in terms of like actually getting me um, no. again like take that for what it what it's worth i don't think it's actually that relevant um but also no. the fact that you, you it was kind of the same for you as well wasn't it yeah yeah um, definitely it, it nothing you know th- Sometimes you're watching a bad movie and a jump scare still gets you a bit and you're exactly. like, oh, well, that's not going to that's not going to like you say, that's not going to increase my opinion of the movie or my rating of the movie. But at least it hit. Whereas with these, they, they don't hit. And if that's something that you care about, then, yeah, I definitely think there will be people that because because outside of people that will be listening to this podcast, people see these sorts of movies for mm. those jump scares. And I think they'll be disappointed by that. Um yeah, like I say, I think our audience are looking for a little bit something a bit more deeper than that anyway, which, um, you know, this movie does get with the imagery and everything. Yeah, because like you said, the, the audience we saw it with, it was like a packed screening on a Saturday night. And yeah, I barely saw I don't think I saw a single reaction to anything. Yeah. Um, but also with that it's zero it's vomit of, when we left, <laughs> it's worth noting that even though this definitely does have its jump scares, this style of movie is definitely similar. Um, dissimilar to you know the conjuring and the annabelle movies where they are designed around the whole like really long drawn out scenes of tension within that crazy moment whereas Mm. as we discussed as a positive for this movie i think this movie is more about the crazy visuals and that isn't something that is initially gonna like make someone jump you know it's more like oh my god that's like really cool and crazy yeah it's getting it's it's closer to like a drag me to hell or something like that you know almost um but but less practical yeah definitely um so yeah obviously that did you give your recommendation yeah, I think I think you know 
ch- check this out and like i said in the cinema as well because you get the the better visuals and the be- the better sound which will kick well with you know this sort of movie yeah definitely. i did enjoy the sound of this movie yeah it's it's very much drawing on what we got in the conjuring 2 at least mm. in the scenes of valak as the nun that really like drawn out long uh sound uh when she is approaching and i loved that and again i could have definitely done yeah. more of that but i also yeah. liked their original stuff in this movie as well yeah definitely um because that's the thing as well it's like we come out of it and we we definitely i, w- I would say wanted more of valak as the nun but i'm also i really appreciate the fact that they gave me so much more than that yeah um, because that would be the easy take wouldn't it of like how she was in the conjuring 2 let's just string that out for 90 minutes yeah and, almost like, just not what her done. in almost human form just in the movie like stalking people for most of the film which this isn't the case no exactly and trying to do that whole painting trick again like imagine Mm. if they just tried to recreate that for a whole movie like it just wouldn't work when it's cool that they stay away from that yeah because in this because because one of the scenes in the movie she is on the shadow and she Mm. does kind of walk around into shadow and i I, I, that didn't really hit for me i I did kind of feel like oh you're just ripping off the conjuring but it was over very quickly yeah and it was the only time they really did that Mm. um which is good because yeah if she'd have just constantly been in paintings and stuff i'd have been like oh boy yeah <laughs> um so yeah i guess we'll talk spoilers now um mm. obviously i don't really have a huge amount to say spoilery um obviously the ending yeah. is interesting um unexpected i think i wasn't really expecting any sort of um main reference other than what we got really to the conjuring and yeah the, the fact that this does try and tie it to the first movie i think f- for me as someone who'd just seen it and then uh, after exiting the movie i felt really like robbed um i remember i think i kind of said to you a few negative things because yeah it, it yeah re- you you're fairly negative yeah it, 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 it did remind me of a few bad experiences we've had with an ending where it felt a bit like a slap in the face mm. um for, for obviously again you should only listen to this if you've seen the movie but we kind of get the jump forward in time to then seeing the warrens again and um there it's basically them doing a case in the past which is to do with frenchie um, yeah the end of this the end of our current timeline throughout the most of this movie is with frenchie revealing that he has been taken over by the nun and she has escaped via him yeah she's possessed um, him and then we obviously get that scene of just them talking about it and then the movie just ends and mm. as someone like say having just watched that i felt really robbed of like you you didn't really end your movie and you just gave us a tease of this thing that i think is much better and that frustrated me of like oh here you go here's these two characters that you love that are so much better than any of the characters in this movie because we just don't care about them and, and we're going to leave mm. you on the high of these characters that you already like and so that's why it felt like a slap in the face for me. And it also, because I didn't actually realize, I kind of read up on it a little bit, and I'm still un- uh, unsure 100%, but it seems like that was just straight up a scene from The Conjuring that was ripped. Um, right. It, it isn't like I felt, having watched it, that they had got back the actors to kind of retcon it and be like, oh, no, 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 it's this character from this movie that you've just seen. We've done stuff with him in the past. Um, and I and I guess that's how you felt as well, where it was like they got them back for that scene. Well, I felt it was weird because it had the um, mother from from the first movie as well, didn't it, in the crowd? Yeah. And so, so that was why I thought that's super odd that they've got her back for no real reason. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it seems to be because again, I've only seen the Conjuring once, but that seems to be yeah. just straight up a scene well, from the Conjuring. That makes sense because I think the mother does visit the Warrens and they're given a talk that she mm. watches, and then when they finish the talk, she goes over and kind of talks to them about her problem. 
It would make so, sense as well because yeah. Frenchie, it, it kind of they start calling him his real name by the end of the movie, which is Maurice, and right. that's kind of what he's called in that clip. And also in the clip at the end of the movie, it's a different actor playing Maurice um, because obviously <laughs> he's older. Um, so again, that makes sense. So that actually having no kind of processing it and the way it ties into the movies i like the ending more i think it's kind of interesting mm. that it is actually a, a straight up scene from the conjuring i don't feel as robbed as i did the first oh, this time is I no annabelle it. creation no because that ended just the funniest ending ever um but this, it, it um, reminded me of that which was definitely a bad thing yeah you see it didn't it didn't at all for me really hmm. um I, I agree with your point that it that it kind of doesn't end the movie we've just watched and does tease us about something that we care about more yeah. but i i kind of like the idea that that you know you you said before like this who the hell would have thought that this is like a franchise that's continuing and being a thing mm. um and and i i appreciate them almost turning this into like a you know, it, uh, them e- each one of these films is is them kind of then cutting away and showing the Warrens like doing the exorcism. You know, like um, we got the tease of the Amityville, which was very quick, and you know, in Conjuring too. But almost like you know, all of these spin-off movies just them pulling away, and it's like so that's how we got the one-armed werewolf, and then mm. just like move on to the next one. Yeah, you know, and uh, I kind of I don't know, it made it feel more like a thing yeah that, that like they could continue to keep doing it was just interesting because i think on paper there is some cool stuff going on with the ending but it reminds me of the fact that they feel so like they have to force it down your throat that they're tying it together five like, and was, five years man Gotta like i was i was watching the nun and enjoying the nun for what it was and and then like you say the fact that they do essentially not end this movie to then tie it back to the conjuring one which is like a five-year-old movie that's just not relevant right now like you don't need to remind me like ah this all happened before that movie do you remember seeing that ages ago and that's how i yeah. feel like I've just watched this brand new movie, The Nun. Just give it a good ending and let me walk away. And then I'll yeah, remember. I think like I think you know we said like this would have been better as just like a post credit stinger. Yeah, that and would have felt finish, less egregious. Finish yeah. your movie more succinctly and then just have this as a little bonus for the hardcores. Yeah. Whereas this is the ending, you know, which which is odd. Um, yeah, and I, did, I and it. I felt I felt like it was rushed because we kind of mm. got like our final you know seemingly happy ending and then kind of just this really cheap quick reveal that frenchie was possessed and then the film as we knew it there ended and it just skipped to the warrens and it felt very fast and very you know i was almost just you know uh, you know what where the hell did this come from and why aren't you going to give me more of it now we've just got our three characters that we've been with the whole movie None of them have been killed, and one of them is now possessed. This feels like something I need to see more of. Yeah. One of them yeah. is now possessed, and the other two just don't matter in this universe anymore. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's why. I, I don't know. It's weird. I, I really didn't like that. Um, the, the more I think about it, the more it kind of frustrates me, where it's like, obviously, that is just one random ass scene from The Conjuring 1, and that's suddenly now the ending of The Nun. Like I say, if that was just in the credits and this movie actually had an ending, but yeah, the fact that they rush through the finale to show you this scene, which obviously this scene doesn't have an ending. Like when James Wan originally wrote and directed the scene, it wasn't meant to be the ending of something. He knew. So the fact that this is the last scene of the movie and then it just cuts to directed by blah, 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 and it's the credits. It, it, like I say, it, it felt really off-putting. And it well, undercut the whole there, thing. He was there <laughs> making the first movie. Like this random scene is going to close out the fifth movie. <laughs> 
to a and they'll be like, innovation. yeah, <laughs> all right, James. And he's like, I'm telling you, I'm it's, telling you guys. Yeah. <laughs> he was almost right. I mean, he didn't get the stand innovation, but... <laughs> Who knows, maybe somewhere. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it definitely left me on a sour note, that that ending. And yeah. like you say, overall, I did like this movie quite a bit. And there's some cool things to take from it. It's, it's not something that I'd massively go back to. Um, I can't imagine it's something that I'd want to rewatch. But it's hard to say, really. But I think it was a fun experience. I think I, I'm mildly disappointed because we were kind of pumped for this movie um, after the trailers. And I really yeah, thought I think, it could have been something really, really cool. I think really that's cool. probably our problem with it mm-hmm. is like... I like this movie as well, but I'm ultimately like, meh, like like you. I don't think I'll watch it again. I don't think it'll be in my thoughts at the end of the year, particularly. Mm. Um, you know, whereas I felt like this had a stab of being something more than that. But yeah. then ultimately, this is still better than anything we've seen outside of Conjuring 2 for the show of, yeah. of, of this genre, this of subgenre. Subgenre, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think so, that's yeah. the thing as well that we have to say, obviously, to end it. But it's like this isn't our subgenre. Like we don't no, really like these no. types of movies particularly. Obviously, I'm not fully against it. Like I love The Conjuring too, but it's like that is very much the exception that proves the rule. Um, yeah. Because I think a vast majority of them are just the same old crap. And I think that I do at least like The Nun because it's not the same old crap. It's something different. Um, it's just a shame that they don't nail everything that they do differently. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one. I, I'm also like it seems to be fairly well received, kind of. Mixed like i've seen a lot of people that love it and a lot of people are like oh my god it's terrible and that's yeah that's that's surprising to me actually that this is a really marmite film because i think we're kind of like in the middle of like yeah we like this yeah um whereas it seems like a lot of people are going to be championing this for either movie of the year or it's the worst thing they've ever seen um <laughs> which i think is a bit of an exaggeration but um it's also worth noting that this movie absolutely crushed it at the box office at yeah. the weekend. Um, already made $141 million worldwide um, on a $22 million pr- uh, production budget. So we're not done with these movies yet? Hell no. I'm pretty sure we're going to get The Nun 2. Obviously, The Conjuring 3 is still in the works. The Crooked Man is the other one, the spin-off. Um, <laughs> which, again, an awesome moment in The Conjuring 2 that r- I have no idea how you could make that compelling for a full movie. But we shall see. I'm sure we'll talk, do a show on it when it does yeah. come out. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was The Nun. That was our discussion on The Nun. Um, we will take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah, we do have a, a few questions about The Nun this week because obviously a lot of people went out to watch it. Um, so yeah, you can always hit us up on Twitter at shbpod. Um, any questions about obviously this week's movie, but also just general horror questions. Um, yeah, we have a bit of both this week, which is cool. Um, so yeah, the first one is from uh, Russian Bot Seven Eight One. Great name. Um, <laughs> they said, uh, "How do you feel about the vision?" So again, this is slightly spoilery for the nun. Um, so if you don't want to know anything about the movie, then skip forward a little bit more. Um, but yeah, how do you guys feel about the visions? I don't believe there was enough information in them to be worthwhile or meaningful um mm. so yeah we kind of touched upon that but obviously i was going to save it to talk about it here but that was kind yeah. of it felt like uh, at least after you'd explained it to me because i kind of <laughs> completely missed it but so yeah you can kind of explain it again now but it seems like that was the only thread that they set up to at least tie yeah, in as to why it, she it, was selected yeah how the church knew this is beyond me but um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Sister Irene, basically, uh, with talking with Father Burke kind of halfway through the movie, it's revealed that she had these visions as a child that kind of led her to join in the church. 
and uh, her visions were different, but every one of them left her with the phrase or the the image. Um, Mary points the way. I think that's what it was, mm. or the, the that that line of text basically. Um, and and yeah, ultimately the finale of this movie is uh, <laughs> bizarre. I don't really know how we didn't get onto it before, but they apparently they there is a, a veil of blood, which is the v- blood of Jesus Christ, which mm. they're going to use to seal up the, uh, the the basically gateway to hell that is opened up that the nun is coming through. Mm. Um, and in looking for this kind of veil of blood, uh, they they come to this area which is a seemingly dead end, um, and then uh, Father Burke discovers a statue or looks at a statue that's mary kind of pointing in a direction that's ultimately the point in towards a secret doorway for the the, the veil of blood mm. um Sounds which i guess is you know is why she was there mm. but she didn't discover this and also the door looked fairly obvious man like yeah. like <laughs> i completely missed this so like were there multiple yeah. visions of her seeing like a, a mary statue and stuff not not visions they she just spoke of it once really right this, so this what... vision that she has hmm interesting i i don't know really how to feel about this like it is weird i i kind of the fact that you said how do you guys feel about the visions i don't believe there was enough information in to be worthwhile or meaningful mm. have to agree because i don't even remember yeah. <laughs> so that's how i feel about that um yeah it, it felt like one of the many undercooked elements so definitely... yeah and and kind of like the visions as well of father burke and seeing the the, the boy that he kind of uh oh, yeah. lost to an exorcism exorcism like that just felt like cheap jump scares which i'm okay with but but mm. it felt like it was trying to dig deeper and give us more but it but ultimately that that did nothing as well yeah, that just felt like filler to me. I really didn't yeah. care about what I was seeing. I was like, no, 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 just give me like yeah. Malak again. I don't really care about this other thing. I thought that head nun, but I forgot about it before. But that that kind of when they first go in, the nun that's completely in a veil, a yeah. black veil, she was cool. Like, yeah. when you know when she just kind of disappears and kind of comes back in that, she she was used really well. Uh, yeah. yeah, really good one. Yeah, I really like that part as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for that question. Um, the next one uh, is from Cody. Um, a lot, nice little quick one. He just says, rank the Conjuring Universe films. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to be in agreement here because I think this is fairly easy for me. It's, so pretty, just... it's pretty easy. I mean, it, I guess it's which Annabelle movie do we hate the most. Um, <laughs> well, it's fairly then... <laughs> easy for me. But um, I, yeah, I think it's fairly straightforward. The Conjuring 2, The Conjuring 1, The Nun, Annabelle Creation, and then Dead Last Annabelle. Um, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, um, I I may swap Annabelle and Annabelle. You're crazy. Creation, you're so crazy. But, you need to rewatch those films. <laughs> but I also Honestly, just think creation is I so mean, much better. I mean, we're arguing between like a <laughs> one and a two out of ten. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? They're both turds. So like, there, there are I definitely <laughs> there are definitely cool moments in creation. Like Annabelle is like unwatchable on every level, and it's just the the funniest thing about creation is that like you say they throw away everything in that movie to tie it to Annabelle, yeah. and that's what's so funny about it. Um, yeah. Again, that, that, oh, the, the scarecrow me. was cool in creation. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. I actually quite like. Probably the gets in the nod. Well, yeah, I mean, but then, like, they, say, there isn't that movie sucks. doesn't have an ending. <laughs> but, but definitely the top three are you yeah. know the, the three you need to watch, and and it, it is definitely Conjuring two one none yeah, for me as well. I think a lot of people as well would disagree with us. I think a lot of people still love the, the original more, you know, and that's fair yeah. enough. It's, for it, me, for me, the original is much closer to to two than it is for you. Like I do yeah. really like the original. 
Yeah, I, I liked the first film. I thought I was like, oh, I actually enjoyed a horror. Oh yeah, that movie. was like your your realization that you yeah. might not hate these movies. Yeah, because I'd already seen at that point. I'd seen like Insidious the first one and really didn't like it. And obviously, I've seen the fourth one now. And my god, um, that movie really took. Well, it's so funny because when you watch, yeah, when you watch the the trailer for the original Conjuring, it mm. was trying to be like an Insidious like yeah, rip off. I, I and kind of the trailer. Yeah, because it was the whole clicking fingers, wasn't it, yeah, on the, the trailer? Or, whatever, or the yeah. clap, yeah. And yeah. Um, that wasn't really in the movie, mm. insanely enough, because it was the entire crux of the trailer, almost. Yeah. Um, the kids, like, playing, um, it's like Marco Polo or, or Hide and Seek or whatever, wasn't it? What the hell was it? And they're, they're calling out. It was just with the claps, wasn't it? Yeah, I th- I re- yeah, it's something like Marco Polo, I think. Yeah, something like that. And they that was like only used very briefly in the film as well, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that one. Um, this last one isn't about the nun, but just a general question um, from friend of the show, Matt. Um, he says to us, uh, if you could remake or reboot one horror movie, what would it be? And who would you cast as the lead? Um, so, yeah, I mean, do you want me to go or do you want to go first on this one? I mean, I feel like Matt read my mind because <laughs> the other day I was just kind of, you know, thinking about horror movies as you mm. do. And I kind of had, like, the guy pop in my head. That I've said this before on the show. Like, the movie I want remade to be good more than anything is Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I don't know if it's possible. Mm. Um, and then I had I had the answer pop into my head. Right. I want Richard Brake to be Freddy Krueger. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That would be so good. It'd be sick as fuck, right? Yeah. That would actually be amazing. Like, he has the, the right body type. He has, he's yeah, the right age. Yeah. He's, he's the right he's, height. Like, he's, he's everything. He's a small guy that is intimidating as hell. Yeah. Like, he would be a fantastic Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Um, You've nailed so, it there. So, yeah. I'm like... <laughs> that that is all i want now like who would, the, who, would make the, this uh, who would the director of that film be by any chance? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i mean who likes to cast richard in movies <laughs> i don't know answers on a postcard guys let us know yeah. um <laughs> but yeah no for me um i was trying to think of some different ones really um because like the, the thing i said last year or a little while ago was was when i was talking about it you know i don't want to try and pick these movies that i love I want to try and pick something that maybe isn't perfect to then make it even better. Um, But then having said that, they're obviously like, I love the original Evil Dead and I equally love the remake. So I I kind of fell in the middle, really, where Hellraiser is a franchise that, like, I'm really drawn to and really like. But I think that it just has so many problems. And and it has obviously... Like most of the movies. Yeah, like most of the movies that aren't Hellraiser 2. But... Yeah, so Hellraiser was the one definitely for me that I was drawn to. And obviously you didn't want to mention, uh, you didn't ask to mention the director, but ever since Pascal Lauger was connected to the franchise oh, a while know. ago, it's it's just been in my head for years now, about five years, and, and I can't let it go because he's so perfect um, with his imagery and his movies. Would just be, he would just be the man born to make a Hellraiser movie. Um, yeah. So for me, it would be Hellraiser um, with obviously Pascal directing. As far as who would you cast as the lead... Mm. Um, obviously, I don't know who you'd class as the lead in a Hellraiser movie, because obviously the obvious one is Pinhead, but I'm more drawn to the story of Julia and Frank and Larry. Um, so I was mainly thinking what about Julia. Chinard? 
<laughs> yeah, so so for me, I was thinking of just Julia because I think she's probably the one that has the most screen time in that story. Mm. Um, and I really like um the woman from Gerald's Game, um Carla Gugino. Oh, yeah. Um, I think she's the right age, the right look. Like she's like a beautiful older woman who seems like she'd be into some crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> especially because that's what she was doing in Gerald's Game as well. Basically, like nailed what she did in that movie and just bring that over to Hellraiser. Um, because I hadn't really thought of the other characters. Obviously, you need is it what's oh god i forgot what the girl's name is a uh, kirsty um Kirstie, obviously yeah. the the kind of the stepdaughter of her as well you'd need that role um obviously the pinhead one like i don't really want to even think about that because i just think no, I, it's, I don't even think it's that difficult like i quite like the guy that was in the new one it was just that the movie was <laughs> terrible like i don't think that's actually that difficult it's no, not like a freddy where you need a really charismatic awesome actor to play that role yeah um, he's almost he, become a mask at this point pinhead yeah which exactly. is what you what you needed him to be really you know yeah um, um whereas freddy's just never going to become a mask yeah for sure so i think i'd be interested to know what what people would make of the other characters because yeah carla for for julia is one i definitely thought of and, and i was struggling for even kirsty mm. um jane levy was one that popped in some head but i feel like she's probably a bit too tough to play that yeah role. um you need to be a little you need sort of you need someone stress. that can you know be that kind of you know obviously kirsty in this but you know like nev campbell in scream where mm. she looks soft and then by the end of the movie you realize she's tough jane levy kind of i guess you know she could probably play it but we've seen her being tough too many times at this point i feel yeah we know that have, she's a badass you need to have like... a lesser known do it mm. or someone that, that has like a change in what we've seen her character before yeah definitely um but yeah that was my one i think that those are both really really good shouts like i think they would both be dream projects for obviously both of us because yeah, yeah that would be insane and we're probably not going to see i mean we're definitely going to see more hellraiser movies because i feel like they're just going to keep making them till the end of time yeah. um i don't think we'll ever get another good one again unfortunately but um we'll see yeah. richard looking like you know not looking like but you know being a freddy krueger on screen because when he's a <laughs> villain i mean i was just like that that's who he is man yeah, you need to we need to, like, to rewatch thirty one and just think that it's like it's all in the it's all in a dream basically, and he's just yeah. taking the form of Doomhead. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that's how I'm going to do it from now on. Yeah, no, if if we ever get a chance to chat to Richard, we definitely got to bring up that because I'd be curious to know what his take on it is if that's something he's ever thought about. Because yeah, as soon as you mention it, it's like man, yeah, he, he really does seem like he's perfect for that. <laughs> I know, I'm telling you, Matt broke into my head because I was literally <laughs> like, I need to bring this up on the show. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, guys, I just had a dream, Richard breaks pretty crucial <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that's fantastic um but yeah thanks for those great questions uh, this week uh, of course you can always hit us up on twitter at shb pod um we've got some interesting ones as well for our next episode um but yeah just to just to quickly round us off um i'm not going to go massively into this because i think we've talked about it before but i did finish finally um the audiobook <laughs> of it um all 45 hours of it um I'll probably talk more about it kind of when we get closer Good to the luck. film's release uh, next year because I'm, I'm still getting e- eagerly anticipating, obviously, next year's part two. Um, I like the book. I think it's good. I don't love it. I think it has, like, so many issues. Like, it is just way too goddamn long. Um, <laughs> it is really, like, I don't know what the word is, but it's really, like it just drags on too much you, you, yeah like the but like almost <laughs> like it wants to be long if that, i can't remember what the word, yeah. right word is but it is very like self-righteous in a way yeah where it's like haha you're gonna have to read these really long in-depth parts that really go nowhere and it's like okay i see what you're doing king like you wrote a really long ass book like congratulations oh, yeah. but i the, the things i like about the book are certain things that you know he doesn't need to go on and on and on about certain other scenes but 
it was really cool like as a mega fan of the of the film and that story like it's one of my favorite horror stories i'm glad that i know like the definitive version um obviously i've read over the years kind of the different uh differences between the books and the adaptations so i kind of knew what to expect um and i definitely think that again it's hard for me to judge my enjoyment of the book because like i say i knew the differences i've seen two different adaptations on screen it's not like it's a brand new story or anything like that no exactly um so when you combine that with the fact that you've got to commit a lot of time to it as well um there are certain parts as well that i really loved that i know will never be adapted and so i'm glad that i've got them some really really cool interactions with pennywise and that really sort of flesh out his character um but then there are also multiple multiple other parts where i'm like oh thank god they've never touched this with an adaptation because it's just awful um and also the other thing with it being the time jumping as well um obviously mm. you listen to an audiobook in chunks that makes it really hard to listen to and kind of each time I, I start listening again, I really have to find my bearings of like, right, which time yeah, period are we where in? Where am I? And that gets even more heightened and worse as you sort of go into the final act because you'll then have the the confrontation with Pennywise in the sewers in both different time periods with, with the same characters <laughs> pretty much. So it's really, really difficult to be like, wait, are they are they 11-year-olds now or are they like 38-year-olds? Like it's really difficult. Um yeah, I think I might skip the having to go through four hours of Ben in the library reading about um Oh that's the interesting the history. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I'm definitely out. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hard to recommend. Like I'm glad I've done it and I'm glad I've survived it, but I'm I'm interested to check out some more um like king novels that aren't so ridiculously long <laughs> because i look at carrie and stuff like that and i'm like that's the type of length i'm talking about and, and i also want to check out some some ones i haven't seen film adaptations of you know because that'd be more interesting i think that was why i've obviously i've way more enjoyed joe hill's books because they're all yeah. original stories that i didn't know to, about. to be fair i thought that and then i just purchased gerald's game all right <laughs> what the uh the, what the audiobook <laughs> yeah have you how much have you listened to that <laughs> zero so far all right because that's that's really short isn't it yeah it's like 10 hours oh well, it's I like a it regular well. book man oh i was gonna say i for some reason i thought that was like one of his short stories gerald's game no all right um but yeah i just wanted to mention that because obviously i mentioned it a while ago that i was like ongoing and yeah finally got it out but yeah we'll, we'll talk about that because there's, there's so much it stuff like there has been set visits yeah it's almost too much man yeah i've tried to avoid it i've seen way too many photos of pennywise like doing stuff that's obviously not with the cgi and well well shot and anything like that and it's gonna look goofy and silly so i'm trying to not like i'm trying to avoid it as much as possible because we're still mm. bloody oh, like a year away from that movie as well so i exactly. can't even begin to get in like i'm trying to like avoid it like there are so many other movies that i'm looking forward to that are really soon um yeah. even this year like obviously i think i think the big three for me are obviously halloween is the big one um apostle which i'm really excited for and overlord is like the sleeper hit of the year for me like i'm really really excited for overlord and it seems like no one's talking about that movie as well um but yeah well obviously we, we've still got loads more to talk about in, in the coming weeks um we've already got next week's show planned we've already seen the movie <laughs> um slender man so we can't really give you a kind of uh, what are your anticipation levels of this because we've already seen it um so yeah that will be an interesting one that you shouldn't miss but yeah there's still plenty of other stuff like say we've still got what is it the predator in the cinema um mandy like i say is just hit on demand i think yeah. hell house 2 is really soon really um, soon isn't it i think climax is getting a cinema release as well the the closer film fright fest as well uh really soon in september so yes yeah, so again i thought september would be the time where we'd catch up before october hits but nope 
No, it's been very busy. So I hope you guys like this, the more frequent episodes, because it is definitely not going to be like this forever. But as of now, it's kind of we have to do it if we want to cover everything. <laughs> um, well, not even everything, just majority. Yeah, the, the the stuff that interests us the most, I guess. Um, But yeah, that was The Nun. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Cause I never could, how could I start that?